Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker, your host of That Girl, the podcast. I'm an author, performer, two-time Emmy Award winner, human relationship specialist, and founder of the wellness website, loveyouevenmore.com. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and experts in their field to have powerful, motivational, and enlightened conversations about relationships, self-development, and how you can live your most authentic life. Follow us for daily updates on myself and the podcast at That Girl the Podcast and at Jackie Brubaker on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and our Patreon page. While you're at it, make sure to check out my new wellness website, loveyouevenmore.com. If you're wanting to dig into developing more self-worth, be healthier about relationships, and learn how to date smarter, go to loveyouevenmore.com and follow us on Instagram at loveyouevenmore. Welcome, Chantal Landreville, back to That Girl, the podcast. We are going to talk about rewiring our brain to choose better partners and also how our brain got to be wired that way to begin with, with our past, our parents, other relationships, and how to get out of that. So, You've already been on the podcast, but for those of you who have not heard you before, give a little bit of a background so they can know who you are and what you do. Thank you, Jackie. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be back. That's always a nice conversation to have. (laughs) So my name is Chantal. I am from Canada. I'm originally from Montreal, but based in Toronto. So if you pick up a little bit of an accent, it's because I am French Canadian. I am a love and relationship coach, and I have founded a a program that's called Raise Your Love Signal. That is basically the MBA of love. It's helping you not only attract the right partner and then creating a vision of our relationship, of your relationship, because we focus a lot on what we want in a partner, but not we don't tend to think how we want to grow and evolve in a relationship. And then I talk a lot. Well, I should break it down by, by my degrees, right? Love lesson one is that love lesson number two is all about yourself and understanding what we're going to be talking about today, yourself and your roots, why you show up the way you do in a relationship. What are your belief systems and your patterns? And then uh, the love lesson number three is, uh, is all about the ABCs of dating because there are steps to it to make sure that you select a right partner and then learn how to actually be in the relationship because, you know, it's one thing to attract the right person, but then we're not taught or educated on how to be in a relationship. So I make sure literally from A to Z that you are going to be successful at getting you the ultimate love connection. And whether that is with a partner, with yourself, it's just, uh, so that's, that's what I do. Thank you for the, for the chance to say that. I love it. Um, let's talk about, you know, our past and how it really shapes us into choosing the partners that we do choose. And again, it always comes back to your parents. It really does. And how you were raised, what kind of love was shown or not shown or talked about or felt even physically in the home um, is a huge part to do with what we feel comfortable putting out there as a partner. You know, maybe a lot of families were, you know, especially different cultures are not big into like physical touch. And are not big into saying, I love you. And so, you know, if you get into a relationship with someone who is just, that's what they've learned 
and you're like, why don't you hug me more? Why don't you say I love you? You take it so personally, but it has nothing to do with you. So let's talk about how we kind of show up with our past and I'll, I'll let you take the reins. (laughs) And you're right. You know, that you said something key that a lot of parents don't say I love you or show affection. And when we talk about the roots of understanding where you come from, that's what it is. It's often understanding where your actual parent, how they were also raised, because often how can they give you what you want or think that you should get when they didn't get it themselves? And this is, this is where I wish we were taught this, what we're going to be talking about right now at a much younger age, because this is the key to success and it's the key to really breaking and understanding um, how, what your needs are, what your triggers are, what your patterns are, how you show up in a relationship as well. So, you know, in my case, I'll, I'll give you myself for an example where I lost my father when I was two years old. I was consistently attracting non-emotional available men for most of my life, really not understanding why. And I was like, I've never really had the influence of a male um, male dominance in my life. So I didn't really understand why am I, why, why is this happening until I learned this stuff when I was 38 years old, a <laughs> lot older in life. And I understood that the the little girl in me, that subconscious mind registered that the man that I love the most in the world and the first man that I got to meet and fall in love with, because that's the thing, right? Our parents are our first love, whether they were good, whether they were bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just the first sign of love we get to experience. So in my little brain of a two-year-old, I literally thought, wow, the man that I love just abandoned me and leaves me. So my brain registered that I needed to control all kinds of relationship that I'd be in to make sure that they wouldn't abandon me. Mm-hmm. Hence why my, my pattern became attracting non-emotional available men. I was so good at long distance relationship. I wasn't <laughs> the best at them because I would all, I would love them from afar. I would always keep control on the situation that was happening to me. So really asking yourself and sit, doing the exercise of saying, what was the relationship with my father? How did he show up for me or didn't show up for me? How did he treat me? How did he hold me? How did he talk to me? Doing that same, um, same thing with your mother. Mm-hmm. And then just the- thinking that it's not always daddy issues, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> Both parents come into your life for a reason. And, you know, I could take it even further that we're, 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 we all hold masculine, feminine energy in us. And that represents a male energy and it represents a a female energy as well as people. So Mm -hmm. understanding both parents, how they were with you. And then I always say, also take the time to analyze their dynamic as a relationship. How were they in their relationship? Because this is what you saw. So if they were always screaming after each other and being toxic and jealous behavior, it's probably going to make you develop that yourself. (laughs) Being consistently insecure, right? 
Yeah. Or, you know, if you always saw them hugging and loving and telling each other, you know, they couldn't keep their hands off of each other, um, that will also show up for you in a different in a different way. So starting from there is a really great way for, for you to understand and, and what's the word? Dis, dis, uh, 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 dissect. Dissect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> dissect how you show up in relationship and why you are the way you are. Right. Um, I think also, you know, depending on what gender you associate with, um, you're going to naturally subconsciously copy that parent that is that same gender, um, especially, and I've, maybe we've talked about this, but I, I see this a lot in marriages where you're in a long-term relationship, everything is cool, but something about getting married, somehow your brain's like, I need to be just like my mom or just like my dad. And I'm going to expect that my partner is now going to act just like my mom or just like my dad, depending on which gender you identify with. And that is such a horrible thing that most people have no idea is happening. They're just like, why are we not getting along all of a sudden? I don't get what happened. We were so good, but now we're married and things have changed. Um, so it's really important, like you said, to look at the way that your parents what roles they played. Were they very traditional? Were they not traditional? And then see how you're suddenly acting, you know, whether you're married or not, it's it's something about signing a contract for some reason really kind of jolts that brain, but you know, maybe you're not married and you are noticing these roles are happening and you're wondering like, why, why is it not clicking the way it used to? So I think that's really important. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And you know what? I'm not married and I've never been married, but all of my friends that have gotten married said that it really does change things. There is definitely like this, <laughs> this click. It's a weird button. It just goes yeah. off. You're like, what? <laughs> I totally agree. And I think that, you know, I, I was actually thinking uh, last week as I, I I was I was working on I'm 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 writing my book and I was I was working on the chapter about you know the whole thing about being in a relationship. And I, I love to say that I am a, a teacher of my own. I am a student of my own teachings because I was looking and analyzing at my own relationship and how I show up. And when we 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 go for such a long time looking for our, our special person, and we think once we found them that you know we can lay back, relax, and take it easy and enjoy the ride. And mm -hmm. I would say that that's where the official work really really starts. Mm -hmm. And that's why understanding what those triggers are or why you expect because this is the thing we project and we expect mm -hmm. certain behaviors or our partners to act a certain way and mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and I'm sure you'll recognize this as as, uh, as I love to say we often if you had a, a good or bad relationship with your mother in, in my case I've always we're such opposite. And I, I'm, I'm always, I'll never be like my mom, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my mom. Right. And God damn it. We end up being like them. I don't care what you do. It's just because we've been so programmed since we were young. And unless you do this kind of work and ask yourself these questions, mm -hmm. these behaviors and patterns stay with you. So it's, 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 uh, it's, it's good to ask yourself those questions. And there's an amazing, amazing book. Um, 
that I love and that opened my eyes to a whole other level because, you know, when we talk about that, we talk that the conscious mind, the subconscious mind is, is built between zero and six. You know, when you come into this world, you're just this, this beauty, this, like, you have no judgment, you come in with love, like, and then everything is decided for you already. You know, don't do this. Don't do that. You can't, you have to drink at this time. You can't cry at night. What are you? So when you think about it, you're already being programmed and told what to do. And this book called Attached, did you ever see the attachment style theory, Attached? Yes. Yeah, of course. It's just called Attached. I will definitely be reading this because I love attachment theory. I think it's fascinating. It's so good. And it's a, a very, very easy read. It's not overcomplicated. And you can actually, it really opens your eyes, not only how you show up in a relationship, but how other people show up with you in a relationship to identify. And in this book, you, you know, they actually say, that attachment style is is literally created between the age of zero and two. And I was like, wow, I had read about the zero and six, that subconscious mind being built, everything, you know, what you decide, how you show up later as an adult, but zero and two, that's like very young. And that, never mind that if I was a parent, I would have loved to read that book before I actually birthed a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to understand so it's literally how your mother or your father you know as we were saying earlier if they were there if you're if um if you're both your parents were always there you would you would cry they would take you in your arms and comfort you you develop this secure style there's three main attachment styles that they talk about there's a lot more but the three mains is secure avoidant and anxious style Mm -hmm. anxious style would be like your your parents would you know leave you crying in the in in the bed and you never knew if they were going to come back and as soon as they would come back you would freak out and you'd be like oh my god finally you're here take me in your arms soothe me um then you would develop a bit of an anxious style in your relationships where you're more needy where avoidant it's like you'd probably be your parents would leave you. You didn't know when they'd come back. And as a baby, just like, oh, I'm over it. I don't need you. I can manage this on my own. I'll just put my pacifier in my mouth kind of ah. thing. And you ha- you develop this style Well, you're just avoidant. And in my case, that was avoidant. I was avoidant all my life where I wanted to be in control of the situation. Nobody is getting in my heart until I decide that that's going to happen. So it's, uh, it's a great, great read. I strongly recommend it. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's especially good if you're on the hunt for your, your partner Mm -hmm. to understand why you're attracting that certain attachment style. Because if you're an avoidant or for an anxious and an avoidant will never work out together, because they don't understand each other's behavior. Avoidance always trying to avoid where anxious is needy and just wants you to, to come in. So and the avoidant can't give that you probably need somebody that's secure, that can give you, you know, something to make you feel safe, something to make you fulfill your neediness in a certain way. And also that, that, that attachment style can eventually also change. I mean, today I'm in a relationship that it's, we're both very secure people. There's no avoidance. <laughs> There's no action yeah. style happening. So just so people know that, that those styles can, can change and evolve. And that That's why we do the work, man. That's why we do this. The self-development <laughs> is important. Um, gosh, yeah, I so get it. I so hear you. Um, I think it can also creep up, you know, past parenting styles. Um, the attachment theory is so important. I did do a podcast on this, um, 
I'm not sure where we'll be when this airs, but go look for it. It's it's pretty. The title is like attachment theory. Um, you can find it. But no, I mean, it it is something that you can grow out of. But I think that with anything that's like so deeply lodged in us, there's always cases of just triggers, you know, like you just, you do get worried like, oh, wait, this feels like a trigger. Is that going to happen? And then waiting it out. Let's actually talk about triggers and what to do when they happen, because it is so easy to freak out. And especially if you're avoiding, you're just like, bye, <laughs> you know, like yeah. goodbye. Yeah. And I actually saw this thing on Instagram where I basically live um, about it was such a a simple quote, but it was basically like, if you're always going to be like, yeah, they're not good enough, blah, 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 blah. I mean, essentially you're, you're operating from an avoidant place, calling it self-worth. You really need to understand if it's self-worth, like this person truly isn't showing up for you or they aren't, you know, at the level you need them to be, or are you just being really quick to judge and not giving them the opportunity to just show you the rest of it and you're being avoidant? Because the, the quote was like, all of you are going to be like single and alone at like whatever age and like wondering, you know, what happened like, but I'm so strong in my self-worth. And I was like, good point, really good point. Cause I am, I mean, I'm writing a course about self-worth right now. So I'm big, strong on the self-worth. But there is a level to it. So what do you suggest when people start getting triggered by their partner or people they're dating? I feel like especially in dating, this is so crucial because we're just still like tiptoeing, trying to get to know someone, trying to be vulnerable, trying not to get hurt. What do you go for it? What do you suggest? <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love that you brought that up. And you, there's a lot of little uh, layers under here where number one, it's like, know what your triggers are, right? How can you change them and do anything about them if you don't know what they are and why you're being triggered? And this is one of the things that I've, I've, I've done and I do, and I practice every day myself when I am being triggered, I call it the out of body experience where as soon as that happens, I ask myself, why is this happening? And I step out of my body mm. to get out of the emotional, reactional uh, situation because that's we want to react. When you're triggered, you want to react. You want to like <laughs> explode mm. and whatever and often blame the other one in front of you. And it, it often has nothing to do with the person in front of you when you're being triggered. It's past trauma that hasn't been healed. Mm-hmm. So you take a step back and you're like, okay, why am I being triggered? Take a deep breath. <laughs> This did, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, does this actually deserve the, 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 the emotional drama that I'm creating right now? And why is this really happening? And I would say, you know, one out of the two times, <laughs> which is like, it's not, it's just, that's when you realize, but if you don't have the self-awareness and haven't identified why you're being triggered the way you are, it's really difficult to be able to even do that exercise. It's not going to yeah. work. So know why you are triggered the way you are. And then when that happens, I, I, I also feel that we're so, you, you said something, we're very quick to judge and say, you know, self-worth and uh, I am, you know, but I would also ask yourself, um, and this is just by personal experience as well, because with a lot of my clients, I work and I ask, you know, what do you want? Do you know what you want? Are you clear in your vision? And yeah, 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 yeah. And then we start working through it. 
And oftentimes what the vision that they end up creating, they don't actually don't really feel worth of receiving it because oh. it's one thing, it's one thing feeling self-worth, mm-hmm. but it's also another feeling worthy of something that you want. And I'll give you a, an example. It's, you know, starting your own business or even writing a book or, you know, wanting more money at work or wanting that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I want it. I'm in a comfortable space. I've done all this work on myself. And I remember before I met my partner, um, four months prior, I, I attracted another emotional available man. And I was like, why is this still happening? And through our conversations, we had a very intellectual connection. He actually gave me the last piece of the puzzle I needed to hear, which was my worth. And he was like, Chantal, you have no idea what your worth is as a woman to a man. And you need to stop fishing at the bottom of the sea and stop fishing at the top. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Wow, that was eye opening for me because it was exactly that. Even though I was very comfortable in my skin, I did not feel worthy of receiving what I had in my vision. So there's two two layers of worthiness, right? Because uh, and we're talking, it's such a big thing right now: self love, self worth, and all of that stuff. But really feeling worthy of what you are looking for, wanting, and desiring is another thing. So. Oh, that's, that's so huge. I really hope everybody listening really heard that because that is the nugget. Like you can be, you know, talking about how like awesome you are and I've got my shit together and blah, 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 blah. But when it comes down to like the rubber meets the road is when someone is like, you don't even know your power. Like and it's, it is hard for us, I think, in a very realistic way to see who we are from the outside, because I think that a lot of times people get surprised, like you did, like you got surprised, like, wait, what? I thought I did know my power or what I am, you know, projecting to the world, like how people see me. No, you didn't. You did not see it. And again, like, oh gosh, I've so been there where you're just like, wait, what, are you serious? Like, you don't want me? You're rejecting me, unavailable person? Are you serious? Like, why is this happening? And again, yeah, it's like you were so fishing in the lowest pool when you're supposed to be way up here, but then honestly connecting that mind and heart, I, you know, connection of like, I am actually worth that, but I've never experienced it. And that's the clincher. It's like, if you've never really experienced it, you don't even know what that feels like. You're just like, I hope that happens. And so that is the resistance of actually trying to go for it. So how did that happen for you? How did you finally make that jump into getting what you really deserved in a man? Well, needless to say, that was a really aha moment. And I, I remember, you know, taking a step back and then starting to, to, to see, who, when I was thinking of what I wanted, what kind of relationship I wanted to be in, I was like, I'm actually, I've never allowed myself to think that I actually deserve this kind of man. And that, you know, it's okay for me to want um, somebody that will be loyal, trustworthy, and friggin' see me as a queen and support mm-hmm. me and all, all my lists that I, that I, that I had, that I had cleared. And it's, 
once I, I made the space and really sat down and I, I did this because this helped because it's one thing to say it and it's another thing to reprogram and rewire your brain, right? Because mm-hmm. this has been, that was in my head, not from yesterday. That was probably there from birth. Right. At this point, I'm like 44 years old and I'm like, wow, so how do you rewire that brain in like two seconds? It doesn't happen that way. So that's, yeah. I want this to make sure people understand that when you're working on rewiring your brain, these patterns will not necessarily, and you, you, you touched on this earlier, they will never necessarily leave you. It's just, you will know how to manage them. And when they do happen, you'll be able to catch yourself. That's why I say the awareness of what your problem is makes a big difference. So I, I went back to the drawing table (laughs) I really worked on, okay, what is it that I don't feel deserving of? And I started doing affirmations and saying to myself, you know, I, I, I am love and I am deserving of love of all the kinds of love that I want. It is safe for me to be loved the way that I want to be loved. And it's okay because I realized at that point I had never really received ever in my life the kind of love that I had been desiring because I had been avoiding it all this time and then four months later four short months later I actually met my man today and that was another thing is it's okay you can meet him but actually this is a funny story because six months into our, our dating I I was at a party and a woman that I had done a lot of work with um, saw me and she's like, Chantal, I heard that you, you met your guy and he's great. And this and that, I was like, yes, all the hard work has paid off. Thank you. And she looked at me and she's like, girl, this is where the real work starts. And I was, I was actually almost insulted and, and mad. And I, 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 I left, I got triggered <laughs> right? <laughs> because I was like, come on, you gotta be kidding me. And she's like, you'll, you'll start self-sabotaging because you're, you are not used to receiving what you are receiving. You have never received it. So you are automatically going to try to destroy it subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you, a month later, I caught myself doing exactly that. I went back to my old beliefs and patterns and my independent, my avoidance style kind of surfaced. And I was just trying to find all the possible excuses to to say, it's not, he's not right for me. He's too old. He's too this, he's too that. Mm -hmm. But because I had heard that, you know, she had planted the seeds and I was aware of it. Mm -hmm. I was actually able to say, okay, Chantal, this is coming up. What can you do now? Sit down, you know, meditate on it. This is a safe, he's safe. He's not going to leave you. So I was just, you know, trying to work through the whole thing and talking to myself. Mm -hmm. And here we are three years later. So, um, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of talking yourself through it. And that's the self-soothing that, you know, like, especially going back to attachment styles, when you are that baby in that crib and you're crying and no one comes to get you, what do you do? Do you become a self-soother, which is what their you know parents are trying to make you do, yes. but how does your brain and how does your heart react to it? So I, I completely feel you. I'm very avoidant as much as secure as I am in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I can, I can definitely been avoidant because it's scary, it's scary, <laughs> scary, but no, I love that. Can you break down sort of what you do exactly? You'd mentioned like affirmations, but what do you do exactly to rewire your brain that people can do at home? 
So this comes in a a bunch of different steps. Um, And depending on where you are in your journey, you might require different things at different times as well. So first of all, identify the problem. You really, really need to identify. And that's where I suggest working with a coach, a therapist, uh, doing some energy uh, healing. You know, I I still do the work all the time. I have about, I call them my witches, you know, (laughs) I have different things at different times. And I, I, and I like to think I'm a very conscious and, but the, the, it never ends. Like there's always something to work on. So just not wanting to do everything on your own is, is huge. So ask for help. One, ask for help for, Sometimes we just need to hear ourselves out loud and have the person in front of us ask us the right questions to to talk through stuff and realize things. So identify your problem. Once you identify your problem and you get triggered or you're in any situation, you know, you will get that little bell or that heart that starts racing. And then it's like, step out of your body, take a deep breath and ask yourself the question, why is this happening to me right now? Mm -hmm. And you know, just to be specific on an example. And when I, when I said that I was an avoidant style and I I met this guy that I'm with and he's a provider. Like when we moved in together, he was like, I was, okay, what are we doing? I'm going to pay this. You're going to do this. How are we doing this? And he was like, Chantal, that's it. Now I'm, you don't have to worry about anything. I want to take care of you. And I was like, no friggin' way. There's no way. So in my head, no way. I, I'm like, you know, I've, I've been on my own since I was 17 years old. I've always had to work from a young age. I come from a single mother that, you know, under uh, low income. So I've always had to uh, fund for myself and independence and work, 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 work and make it on my own. So all of a sudden, imagine at a 44 years old, somebody says, I'm going to take care of you. I was like, wow. (laughs) So when I say, you know, the feeling worthy of receiving it, and this is some work I had done, it's like, and thank God I I was with a conscious partner because he said to me right away, and he saw my my trigger saying, Chantal, don't take away something from me that is so important for me to do and that I want to do for you. And that's when I say, because I knew that was my problem, ding, ding, ding. This is like Chantal. This is your, your trigger that's happening again. It's your old belief system. You've done all this work. You are here. You are safe. You are taken care of. Let him receive it. So it's kind of like, as you said earlier, it's, it's literally really doing a lot of Mm self-talk. I would say I add a lot of that to journaling affirmation and then my best recommendation is really to to work with someone to help you talk through stuff and then you you really are able to have tools that will work for you because people are so different and need different things but identify the problem when you're being triggered get do the outs out of body experience and ask yourself why why am I being triggered is this really about what's happening in front of me or is this about me and if you already know what it is then it's like you continue asking yourself these questions okay I'm I'm reacting like this because I obviously identified I was avoidant and I'm, I'm afraid of letting go of my independence. And what does that mean? Well, what if I do let go of my independence? You know, you kind of like really break it down like that. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you come to realize, oh, well, at the end of the day, I'm kind of freaking out for nothing. 
Yeah, that is so true. I think there are different feelings. I'm just trying to think personally of when I've had a situation where I've been freaking out, where there's a difference between, especially if you've been becoming more self-aware and you, you know, recognize bad patterns in partners If that comes up, like, let's say you're really used to dating narcissistic men and suddenly the love bombing has stopped and now you see, oh crap, I'm with a narcissist. I had a feeling. There's that feeling, right? That's not even a trigger. That's just a a warning. (laughs) You know, like, no, but I think with a trigger, that is a good thing. That's a, that's a good trigger almost like what you just described is hard to navigate when you haven't been there before. And it's really important to take the time, like you said, to not be reactional and to be like, whoa, okay, this is like new territory. Let me like not break up with my new partner who is awesome, who is like telling me they just want to love me. And like, maybe like just take a moment, like you said, to just be like, maybe this is my stuff. Or, but, and I'm also a firm believer, if you feel something is wrong with that person and your your gut is literally like something is off here. Pay attention to that too. But either way, I feel like taking some space, even if it's just like, Hey, I need a day or two from like, you know, seeing you, like we can sort of text, but I'm just, I need a little bit like alone time to sort of work out my own stuff. And you don't have to like tell them everything like, Hey, I think you might be a narcissist. And I just want to make sure you're not, don't say that, you know, don't say that, but you know, take care of you and yeah, I, I so agree. It is so important to talk to someone because you're you're in the forest. You can't see the forest for the trees when you're in it. And sometimes you just need that voice of, of reason and clarity to be like, and, and by, you know, a voice, maybe if you have a very close friend who's got a good head on their shoulders, but yes. I really recommend seeing, you know, a coach or a therapist And really just being like, hey, this is some personal shit that's coming up for me. And I want to make sure that I can deal with it. And I don't want to lose this partner that might be great for me. They're just so different than what I'm used to. Just one thing usually. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Usually. Yeah, usually, usually. And I like that because I, I think that when you say when you're being triggered and you recognize it, as you said, that's that's for me is a sense of of growth and to be able there's nothing wrong with saying and I, I i this is where i communication comes in and these are things especially if you're starting to date someone if you're able to have these conversations from the beginning and i'm going to break it down in two seconds where this will actually not only help you within your relationship but later in life in all of your relationships where exactly as you said you're going to react you don't need to actually say something right away to the person. You know what it is. You can say, there's nothing wrong with that saying, you know what? I need to go work through some stuff. Can I, can I, can we reconnect on this in a day or two? Mm-hmm. And, and having your partner being able to not go in his trigger mode of saying, Oh, did I do something wrong? Did I mm-hmm. really sharing how you need to process stuff? And this is not only in relationship in love, it's, it's relationships with friends. I know that if I get triggered and I'm pissed off for any situation, I'm like, I can't have this conversation right now because I'm going to say shit I shouldn't be saying. So I need some time and I'd rather do that. Go take a few deep breaths and let's reconnect a little bit later. And because I've communicated that that's what I need, if and in any given situations, my friends know that, my, my, my boyfriend knows that. 
they don't overreact. They don't take it personally. And, and then we just reconnect later. So I think it's important as a, as a human being to not be afraid that it's okay to say what you actually need and who, how you, what you need, you know, you like nobody else. (laughs) So to, to, to really assume and, and not be afraid to, to say what you want at that moment is okay. I want people to know that it's like fine to go deal with some stuff on the back end instead of in the heat of the moment, right? <laughs> and that's important to remember too, if someone is saying that to you, to be like, oh man, like maybe you are in the heat of the moment and you really just want to, yeah, you just want to fight essentially, right? Because if someone's like, hey, I need a moment, you have got to stop and respect that and be like, Oh, I'm so angry, but go, go on a run, go do something, get that energy out in a productive way. And you've got to respect that because that person has a probably done the work and is like, wait, I know me, this is better if I do this and move away for a minute. But also, you know, your reaction for someone maybe saying that to you is also very congruent to your parents' reaction, the way that they behaved. So think about that too, you know, think about like what your natural inclination is. Is it to yell? Is it to keep them from doing something by being controlling? You know, it's, it's all there. I would almost suggest, you know, and this isn't like a possibility for everyone, but like go spend like a weekend with your parents or if they're divorced, like each parent and just like wash. It's really fascinating how like, I'll catch myself. My mom and I have similar sounding voices, but we speak differently. But when I am with her, I can hear the phrasing that I've copied. I've just copied from her. And I'm like, you're so right you're so right and you just took me back to a a, a Christmas when I was with my niece that's 13 years old and uh we I come from a family that used to scream all the time and then you know something the kids always scream and I'm like at one point okay enough and trigger 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 and all of a sudden and my 13 year old says I think this family has anger issues and I started laughing and she was like, I'm, you're so right. And she's picking it up. Yeah. She's picking it up. And to take it further, I would even say, cause I love what you say, go spend time and observe and you'll understand even a bigger picture. Yeah. Ask them how they were raised. Ask them, how was your mom with you? How was your dad with you? You know, you weren't really affectionate with me today. Well, I, my mother would never, never even touch me. You know, you will really get to understand. And this is when you're doing the work. And sometimes, you know, I know it's hard when we're dealing with deep family roots where it's hard to forgive certain behaviors or we just have these triggers with our families that it's hard to come together as a family. I'm not saying it's it's to forgive because there might be bad behavior, but you understand where it comes from. And it was never intentional because they didn't know better. Yeah. Didn't know. So as, as a person, as a human being yourself, you know, how are you going to show up if you didn't know better? So it's, it's very uh, humbling experience to do and understand that perspective when you're on that healing journey to understand where you come from. Absolutely. Well, Chantal, we just knocked it out of the park today. I feel real good about this conversation. Um, it is always such a pleasure having you on. You're going to come back because Absolutely. I need you now. <laughs> 
<laughs> but tell people how they can find you. They can find me on my website, raiseyourlovesignal.com, which is easy. On my Instagram handle, which is my name, chantal.landreville, or shoot me an email at yes at raiseyourlovesignal.com. And I'm actually doing this weekend a free um, January 30th. So you'll probably hear this later, but <laughs> a, free, a free masterclass on communications because when we have this discussion and we talk about these things, I'm realized that we've just never been taught anything about communicating. So communicating in all of our relationships is essential. And I think that we can all benefit from learning some tips on how to do that. And I, I talk a lot about how handling trigger points and when you are with your partner, with your friends and things are happening and you're arguing and you're reacting on how you can manage and, and flow through that. So yes, this will be recorded and available for a short amount of money that I haven't really decided. It's going to be an angel number, maybe a 222 or 444, but but uh, it will be available uh, to purchase uh, the recorded version following the, the, the actual masterclass. Perfect. I love it. Well, you are such a delight and I love our conversation. So I will be reaching out real soon. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you were a delight, a delight to stare at today and your beautiful (laughs) colored peachy bronzy tan and your beautiful, like gorgeous. So it was (laughs) nice to to see this in my white, uh, winter white environment here up in Canada where it's like minus 22 today. Oh my gosh. Oh, (laughs) I get like uppity when it's like 42 degrees outside. I'm like, oh, it's so cold. That's not, that's not safe. We shouldn't go outside. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. We'll keep warm and I will talk to you real soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube at That Girl the Podcast.